What's up, everybody? Welcome on in to the Brass Ring Media Podcast, the free flagship version of the show for Thursday, January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom Day 2024. I'm Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Sage. Tyler, man, what's going on? I don't, neither one of us uh, uh, woke up at the very early mornings today to watch Wrestle Kingdom. So we are in better shape than uh, than I thought we might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last week. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time I didn't at least watch like the main three matches of Wrestle Kingdom live. Yeah. I mean, probably back to 2017 for me. That I, you know, 2016, I did not. Um, so, yeah, that's that's quite something. It's been a while for me, too. It's been a while for me. And I would have. I would have. I've got, I'm getting over a, uh, a nasty little cold over here. So, mm-hmm. didn't want to uh, stunt, stunt that with a. Uh, you know, with no sleep, but yeah. we'll get into Wrestle Kingdom probably on the uh, probably on the the member show this week. But because we have a ton uh, of other stuff that we have to get to, uh, the chat is firing up right now. Thanks to everybody who is joining us live. Ryan's in there, Tracy's in there, Zach's in there. Hello, hello, hello to all of you. Happy New Year! Um, this is the Brass Ring Media Podcast. We are live for free every single Thursday afternoon, uh, typically at three Eastern, but we had a scheduling. Uh, hurdle to to pass uh this week and so we're uh, we're an hour later but typically it's three eastern to central and we are here to talk the news of the week in wrestling with you so join us live when you can um each and every single week if you are unable to join us live you can catch the show um on demand later on our youtube channel so hit the subscribe button um so you don't miss that also, if you want to take us on the go, you can hear this exact same show simulcast as a podcast about an hour after uh, after we're done going live here. It will hit all your favorite podcast feeds, so um, subscribe to the Brassering Media Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and of course, folks, if you are uh, loving the content and you want more, um, I encourage you to become a Brassering Media member. You can do that by heading over to Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash Media. You get a free member-only podcast from Tyler and I. You get a, uh, all the pay-per-view review shows. Uh, our most recent one was for World's End. Full access to the Substack uh, newsletter that Tyler and I both write um, each and every single week, and a host of other great things, including um, access to our to our Discord community that includes many of the folks who are uh, who are in the chat right now. So do that, do it. Best Brass Ring Media on Patreon. Four dollars. You, you won't want to. You won't want to miss it. Go ahead. I've never asked you this on air or off. Do you have like? Do you read something, or you just have all that always? You're just like a good host like that. I, I just got it. I just I've okay. done it so many times, you know. That's it. Because I'm like always, whenever I feel in for you, I'm always just like, yeah, you know, there's stuff to look at. <laughs> Thanks for being here. You know, so good job as always. Well, thank you, thank you, Ty. See, you know what? At least somebody you know can uh, appreciate my 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 plug my plug regimen over here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I like this comment right here. Trust us. The Discord is a fun place. It is. It is. Thank you, Zach, for uh, for the kind words and for your participation and for, for joining the show. All right. So we are going to kick things off today talking about The Rock, the great one, the people's champion, Dwayne Johnson, back in WWE, uh, back on Monday Night Raw this week. Tyler, were you uh, – <laughs> were you uh, – uh, 
sold that Jinder Mahal was going to be <laughs> the, the WWE champion that was making his return? Or did you think pretty much everybody else that something was up? Yeah, I mean, I thought something was up. I thought it was, like, s- super funny that, like, because uh, it was like, what is this going to be? Because, like, what were the math we didn't talk about on the show? So what were the normal predictions there? Because, like, Randy had come back already. Was it, you know, something like that. Someone that's, like, on the active roster that's been, you know, maybe it's, like, I guess AJ's been working on SmackDown. So he doesn't fit either. But, like, I thought it would be someone like that that, like, yeah. came in and took out gender. But, you know, they knew what they had. So they did the fun little double reveal. So, yeah, it's good. I mean, Triple H is, you know, on pace. We're four days in. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's got Tony. And is Gato is still the booker for New yes, Japan? Yes, Gato is. So, yep, yep. so I think Paul Levesque is right now in front of that horse race for Booker of the Year so far. So. Hey, it's better to be in first out of the gate than, than not, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a fun little angle. Like, with Jinder coming out, it like you could just the whole audience just collectively just groans uh, and rolls their eyes back, um, which is exactly what they what they wanted. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Zach. Zach's jumping in here on this right away. The segment was an absolute dumpster fire. Just horrible 2004 era cheap heat drivel. Actually, felt bad for Jinder. Look, I didn't feel bad for Jinder. Um, I liked the the concept here of like the swerve and the rock coming out. I could we'll talk about the rock here in a minute. I could do without the like the 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 USA foreign heel stuff pretty much forever. Like I know that it's a time-honored tradition for some reason in WWE and in pro wrestling in general, but boy is it uh it's just <laughs> and maybe it's because of how I skew on the political spectrum, but it's all just a little too too serious right now to be like joking around like that and i just i don't know if they never did a usa versus foreign heel uh deal again i i totally 100 fine with me yeah or at least have it be sergeant slaughter who comes out and you know joins alive right the sergeant's alive okay yeah if he was like you know if he joins gender on the you know then you got some good 90s bad content of of a 70s trope so you know at least you're Uh, acknowledging that but yeah it's always bad and it seemed you know obviously that was a Vince thing more than a Paul Levesque thing but he definitely thought it was pretty funny or else it wouldn't got out there so yeah everyone's got their blind spots he did and I don't know if that's like you know and, and it'd be interesting to it'll be interesting to hear stories like this you know 25 years from now but like is it a Paul Levesque thing is it a you know is it a rock thing, you know, where he's like, okay, I'll come in, but this is, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. Um, you know, from, from what we've heard from like CM Punk and John Cena, like working with the rock has its challenges because he's only going to go out there and do certain stuff. Um, and so who, who knows, who knows, but, but like the rocks never been like the, um, I don't know, like the rah, rah USA guy either. So it was a little strange, like seeing him, yeah. Kind of but it did, that slot. It did fit WrestleMania 32, if I have my WrestleMania correct there, of him coming out and fighting Eric Rowan, which is technically a match that happened at WrestleMania, right? Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. How could I forget? Yes. With the yes. flamethrower. Yeah. Um, flame that's so, barely worked. Yeah. 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 So that was the same, not, you know, 
political stuff, but like a guy who's a pretty low level heel and coming out there and just like embarrassing him and then destroying him is kind of yeah. definitely a rock shtick. Definitely. It's definitely a rock shtick. I mean, I don't know. I, I know, you know, we're getting some back and forth with this on, in, in the chat here, but I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, you know, it's their heels in wrestling. Um, you know, I mean, that's kind of what the rock does. I mean, that's kind of been his deal for <clears throat> however many years now, dating back 2098, 99, like it's gone a long way. And so, um, you know, that kind of is, I don't know, that kind of is the rock's deal. So I'm, yeah. I'm not as down as some other folks seem to be. Um, but with that said, rock got a huge pop. I mean, major, major pop audience was clearly, you know, on the side of, hey, we want to see this guy. Uh, this is cool. Like, this is a a, a big time moment. Um, he had the stuff with gender. That was what it was. And it could have just could have just been that. And it could have just been that angle. Rock's in the area. Let's do that. But but then Rock picked up the microphone again after the gender Mahal beat down and said he's gonna go out to dinner. And should he sit at a booth? Should he sit at a bar? I don't know how how that could have been written any worse, but that's what he said. And then he drops a line that renders the rest of it essentially meaningless. Um, or should he sit at the head of the table? And, uh, you know, if you, I watched that back. And, man, the, the audience does hum after that. I mean, they are in on that. They get the – obviously, they get the connection. Um, you know, when I heard that, I'm – you know – uh, to me, that's like them basically announcing Rock versus Roman Reigns at some point. I don't think that you drop that kind of hint, like that type of you know shot across the bow, if if you're not going to if you're not going to do it. Like it's one thing if Rock goes on you know College Game Day and teases a match with the Rock uh, with Roman Reigns, or if he does something on social media. But if he's on Monday Night Raw, if he's on a WWE show calling out Roman Reigns, um, dude, I. I think this match is locked and loaded. It's just a matter of, it's just a matter of when. Mm -hmm. I agree. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's lots of permutations from that, right? We do not know the location of WrestleMania 41, right? We don't. Okay. So I guess to like jump right into it, I'm on team. I do not think Cody's spot is in danger here. Um, But, and I think it's more of a red herring to make the Royal Rumble seem a lot more intriguing. Like if you're Cody, you have to win it. And if a CM Punk beats you, it's a good way to, again, get him some heel heat in the moment and start that transition to get hit, you know, Punk set up with, with Seth. And then Cody's got the meta narrative from people like us talking about like, oh, well, it seems like The Rock's going to face Roman now. And Cody's got no, nothing to do. Like he got screwed. That's like some pretty good babyface work outside the three hours on Monday. That's what I think is going on here. I'm curious what you think. Um, obviously, there's not a ton of information besides what I just assume. But um, this feels very much like a WrestleMania 41 or if you want to, you know, SummerSlam's a huge event somewhere in a stadium. That's going to sell that out easily. So it depends what the rock schedule is, too. I don't have his movie yeah. dates put up here. He's, he's obviously the guild is working once more. So that changes things as well. I, so I agree. I, I don't think Cody's spot is in jeopardy here at all. Um, I just I just don't think. Yeah, I mean, like, 
given the and the I, I, let me take a step back. The reason I think that is not because they're going to hold until WrestleMania 41. I think they're going to go with this thing in on the on that Australia show, like on that mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber show. That's in a huge stadium in Australia. That's a paid, you know, it's a paid show. Um, so, I to me, that's what they're what's their what they're building towards here. Like, I, I think that there's been some reporting that. Um, that Australia or the, you know, whoever WWE is working with down there asked for an appearance from Dwayne Johnson. Um, so I think that's, mm-hmm. that's at play. And I just, I, to me, like WrestleMania 41, is just, dude, it's so far away. Like so much could change between, between now and then, not just in WWE, but in with rock, like who rock doesn't know what the hell he's doing, you know, at WrestleMania 41, he can, he can barely like, be promoted a week before Monday Night Raw because his plans are so, you know, mm-hmm. are so up in the air. So I I think the play here is exactly what you kind of alluded to, where this, you know, the road to WrestleMania this year seems to be fully Cody versus Roman. But this hiccup in a meta way, like, makes that more interesting. It makes Cody's ride more interesting. And, you know, Cody gets, like, the benefit of, um, you know, you don't have to focus on him as a, as like the guy for, you know, for three straight months coming out of the Royal Rumble. Like you have this huge other match that's going to command like a lot of attention and like he can play, he can play into that where it's like, he's not the guy that's just getting handed everything on a silver platter. He can, mm-hmm. you know, he could be like the, you know the guy that still holds down his WrestleMania spot, even though even though the rocks, um, even though the rocks in the picture. So, I to me this this is, um, you know Roman. Like like I'm wondering if the, if I'm like just kind of fantasy booking here on SmackDown this week. You're gonna get there's a triple threat to determine who is gonna face Roman at Rus- at the Royal Rumble, and it's Randy, it's LA Knight, and it's AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Those three. To me, it's like Randy will win that match. That you know, have the match with the Rock at at Royal Rumble, and then I wonder, like, if we get like a Rock appearance there opposite Roman, Mm -hmm. and you get like that match made at the same time. You know, CM Punk wins the Royal Rumble. He can take on Seth. That way, you don't have Cody winning back to back Rumbles if you don't want, and then Cody can earn a shot at Roman uh, a different way, or vice versa. There, but I think that's. I, I just don't think they can wait. And I don't think they put it out there to do the match, you know, 14 months from now. Agreed. My dogs agree. Um, Thank you, dogs. For barking against the rock. Um, yeah. And I just looked at his Dwayne Johnson's IMDb page. He's got 10 movies in pre-production or development, which, 10? you know, yeah. Right. So, so that'll mean that's like six, but. He's basically like, hey, I got February 24th is open and I'm going to promote some movie while I'm over there at the same time. So that that tracks way more than like anything. Right. And if he is available for a WrestleMania night, like you would think it would be like assuming he loses to Roman, if he's available to be in Philly on night two, if like and I don't love this booking, but if, if The Rock wants to come in and get some sprinkle some rock dust on Cody and help him defeat Roman, even the odds, if you will, if he raises his hand. Like, that wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't love it, but 
that could be a story you tell here too and then you can kind of get to the rubber match of the two later if you want to so i wouldn't love that either but yeah i could totally see that um i could totally see that being a being a thing for sure um yeah i mean i just i mean this is big i mean this makes for like a huge road to like wrestlemania like normally like you know you have the royal rumble and then you've got like a down period of time you know like at that at, at that point usually um but here it's like there's one pay-per-view event between royal rumble and wrestlemania and it's this elimination chamber deal so you have royal rumble if you can pivot and go to rock roman right out of the gate and then head to wrestlemania and do roman against cody I mean, that is three premier, you know, events back, you know, back to back and huge business and eyes on the product, like in the lead up to the biggest, to the biggest show of the year. So, I, you know, I, I, I think it's a, it's the right call. If, if this does mean, let's just, let's take the other side of this and just play devil's advocate here. And then we're going to get to some comments um, in the, uh, in the chat that are, uh, that's bouncing right now. Um if this is a WrestleMania match this year, and this is The Rock coming in and going, yep, you know, I want to wrestle, so you know, let's let's do this. Um, what, like, how detrimental is that to Cody at this point? And again, I want to reiterate, that's not what we think is happening here, but it's worth talking about because we don't know exactly when the match is going to take place. Yeah, I mean, I think it's detrimental. Um, it's kind of like a, uh, a time-lapsed pill, if you will, right? Like, it signals to people that are really in on on the sport, like, okay, Cody is not, like, the 1A guy. He is, like, a, he's like a Randy Orton type, whatever, right? Like, he's still a big star. He can run, He can be the main guy on a show, but he's in that Seth, Randy, AJ Styles zone, and he's not, like, the next thing that's going to be leading this company as a whole post full-time Roman Reigns, right? Is that audience, is the audience going to catch on right away? Probably not. Is it also like, will he still defeat Roman in the end? Probably at SummerSlam? Yes. So it's all kind of, you could avoid it. It's it's more the permutations of how it happens, right? The scorched earth way that Zach is, is laying out here in the chat, I'm sure you'll get to, <laughs> is Roman throws out CM Punk and, uh, and Cody, Wins the Rumble, takes on Roman at WrestleMania and loses, and Roman's still the champion after all this time, and he's even gone through, um, you know, The Rock. So that would be bad, and that would tell you, like, something, certainly. And if Cody does get it on the back end at SummerSlam or something, which is a big show, I think it can all still work out. But it'd certainly be a choice, and it would be like Vince McMahon is possessed the body of Paul Levesque in <laughs> this season. And that's like, you know, we're kind of now transitioned to the period of like expecting good things from WWE on, on, on big scales. And this is very much like if this was, you know, five years ago, this is exactly what I would think would happen if you had all the pieces in place. Yeah. It's, it's like the worst case scenario here. So, um, so I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think if you're Tony Khan, you're starting to cheer for that. Yeah, for uh, for sure. I, I don't think, I mean, yes. It's, is it the end of the world? no, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's a, it would be a huge knock. I mean, it'd be a big pet knockdown. I think, especially right now, we talked about this on our year in review show, just like the, the run Cody's on, like momentum that he has as a top babyface, as a 
authentic babyface as an organic one. Like he's not over pushed. You think he's? I think he's pushed appropriately. Um, and I think the audience is ready for this. I think they're ready for the win, and he can be the guy that you know carries the belt around more often than 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 Roman did. I mean, this. I think it's a natural. It was never a guarantee that WWE would have somebody as ready as Cody is right now to take the belt off Roman. Um, but they do. And so like, to me, you have to go with that. And so if that means, you know, putting the rock and Roman on a, on a different pay-per-view, um, that's fine. You know, that's fine for me. Like I, I think like elimination chamber is going to have, um, like, I think, I think that it's going to have like the tint and the stain of like a B level pay-per-view and, and, and essentially it is, but when you're overseas, like WWE's proven that when they go internationally for these events and they put it in huge stadiums, like it doesn't come across like a B level, like a B level, but even, you know, even the Saudi Arabia shows, which, you know, are, are polarizing. Um, I, I think it has a different tone than like payback at, you know, some arena in, you know, in Boston, you know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, so what do you, so that question is being debated here in the chat. Does it need to be at WrestleMania? Is rock Roman too big to do at elimination chamber? And does it have to be um, a WrestleMania match? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just the change in the leadership of the company, right? Not just the TKO acquisition, but it seems to me the signal is when you have a stadium show, especially one, I mean, when's the last time WWE did a show in Australia? Oh, like if they ever I mean, done a pay per view? I mean, they probably they done did like one of those. Like, they did like one of those paid shows a while ago, like a long time ago, like Super mm-hmm. Showdown or one of those deals. Yeah, but you know, that's like a signal that these are maybe not on the level of WrestleMania because it's only one night. That's kind of a differentiator from a brand standpoint. But if it's in a stadium, like you're going to get some WrestleMania level matches, and I think that's more modern wrestling, anyways, booked in that way, right? Like, whether good or bad, AEW doesn't have a top show, in my opinion. I guess All In will take that eventually because it's in a stadium. But, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you look at, like, you know, I don't know, some some bigger indie promotions, it's essentially like, hey, here's, like, the month's biggest story, and we have, like, five shows, and we're all kind of building to this one show. You know, it's, it's that monthly anthology style is kind of how wrestling is booked nowadays, and I think Triple H is leaning into that as well. That's how his yeah. takeovers were, right? There was not like it wasn't like the WrestleMania takeover was bigger than any other takeover. He always had like the biggest match he could possibly do within one or two pay per views of it being, you know, hot enough to do. Yeah, yeah. Brian says it's the MF and Rock. He's not coming back for Elimination Chamber. No, he's not coming back for Elimination Chamber. But he is coming back for whatever money WWE is throwing him. And I don't think he cares what event it's at um, as long as that check is really big and as long as it's in a you know a stadium full of people. Like to me, that's the you know, that's the qualification for for rock. Like, is the money really good? And you know, are we in a stadium? You know, and I, mm-hmm. so WrestleMania, backlash, you know, some other event that I'm promoting. Hey, as long as it's in a stadium. I think he's coming. I think he's okay with that. Like I, and also, you know, it could just very well be that he can't work WrestleMania. Like, yeah, it's just not in the cards. He can't do it then. He can do it now. Okay, now then, then you go for it. So, 
Ryan, I think you're going to be eating some crow on that one, my friend. Yeah, or it's like, you know, I mean, The Rock is still a guy brought up in the industry and respects it, whether, you know, that could be debated, I guess, but I think he's a guy who respects the industry in the end. And there could be like a, hey, I can like make an appearance at WrestleMania and help Cody as an example, Mm -hmm. right? But like having a full flung match that is worth of me, worth me being there. I need, I don't have the time and effort to put into it, or I'm, I'm I'm getting bigger for a role, let's say, and uh, and this timing doesn't work. So you can see my positive <coughs> say that you know, he's really working out hard. And I don't know if TKO do they have they changed their policy on anything like their I, testing policy? I know they're not like US. Would that they're not in they're not USC just dropped that too. So yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, that's the, I'm just you know maybe he's got to like put in crazy workouts to get in shape for a movie and he doesn't have time to also wrestle and maybe get hurt in that time frame. Or he's like, he's got an insurance policy that doesn't kick in until March 1st that yes, he can't right. get injured for a movie or else yeah. he is like screwed because he owns the production company. So there's lots of boring machinations that I think could, could be at play here. But all reasonable. I mean, all, all like viable concerns. And I think like if the question is do the match with the rocket, Back, uh, at elimination chamber or don't do it like you're gonna do it especially if you have like what is gonna be a major show like again elimination chamber is not you know uh habitually a major show for the company but mm-hmm. it's international it's in a huge stadium like they're gonna want this to be a big deal like this fits with you know the tko business model how they want to go to business with ufc like i you know I, I think they want this show to be um, to be really, really big. And Rock versus Roman would obviously would obviously be that. Um, I want to jump in here. Um, I did not say this, <laughs> Zach. Shame on you for twisting my words. I said that it should not be on a B-level show, but that Elimination Chamber is not a B-level show this, this go-around. And I've, I think I've articulated as to why uh, pretty uh, pretty efficiently, I hope. Um, okay, let's get to some more, uh, some more comments here. Um, the thought of rock winning the Royal rumble, Tyler has been brought up I'm trying to find it. It's, it's Zach. Zach is just wanting to watch the wrestling world burn and, and, uh, rock winning the rumble, throwing CM Punk out, whatever the case may be. Um, when you hear that good idea, bad idea, terrible idea, likely, unlikely. Is that yeah, how they I mean, get to this? Yeah. I mean, it's it's so hard because it's like if you're in triple hsc and and rock came to you is like hey i've i'm available for like six dates until april 10th you can use me however you want um it's hard to be like well i want him on all three of these shows then and like it, it just like we you and i both know like what is good for the health of the company long term but like, also, you could do everything with Cody that you want to do later, right? If you can get the Rock in in the Rumble, and you're and you're there, and you're doing to a broad audience that aren't people like us, and then he he can wrestle Roman, win the title at Elimination Chamber, and then Roman gets a chance again at WrestleMania, and that's night two, and he beats Rock. Like, that's going to be a pretty hot opportunity for a lot of general public to check in on wrestling, and it's actually pretty good top to bottom now. And they might fall in love with Gunther. They might be like, oh, yeah, I remember CM Punk. That dude was awesome. 
or oh this cody guy's pretty cool like like it's hard to say i would not do that if i had carte blanche with dwayne johnson for the next three months right so i forget where your original question is but like yeah if you have him available i remember it now like it's hard to not have him as part of that match right like could he be thrown out by jay or jimmy is that better booking probably so um but if he's there available and willing i certainly have him as like a surprise entrant and like don't say he's going to be in it or not and it's just like a huge moment and you know if we don't see him again until the rumble and he's number 28 that's that's a pretty cool moment it'd be a really cool moment and, and yes to your to your point you and i've said this all along like you that's the match you do. Like if, if you have the rock and you're booking and you're in charge of the, um, and you're in charge of like the, the, the creative of the company and therefore, you know, revenue, like, yeah, you're bringing them in. I mean, everybody heard that pop, right? I mean, that was the biggest pop of the night by far. No question. As, as was the buzz for the match when it was, when it was teased. So like, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, Paul Levesque's getting mixed signals on The Rock at this point. It's not like he's getting mixed signals on Roman versus versus Rock either. Like, you know, I think the, he got feedback of, "Yep, people want to people want to see this." So, like, so it's kind of you know just like most big stars in in the uh, entertainment industry or the fight game industry. Like, you kind of you're beholden to them a little bit and what they and what they want to do. Conor McGregor in the UFC is going to get like preferential treatment because of the money that he draws and the eyeballs that he draws. Same thing with the rock. Um, now I like to me, like if, if Paul Levesque can finagle this into rock makes an appearance at the Royal rumble, he's not in it or he doesn't win it. Wrestles Roman reigns, not at WrestleMania. That's a huge coup, like in my in my opinion, because like WrestleMania is going to do huge business anyway. Elimination Chamber probably would, but not the same kind as like a WrestleMania would do. Um, so, you know, that like is some. It may not be him negotiating, but like if that's how they swing this and that's how they slice it, I you know that's a that's a straight positive, you know, for the company because it just gives you like another WrestleMania level show um, that you know, that, that you ordinarily wouldn't have because of the rock spirit. So if he's pulled this off, Tyler, like, you know, uh, again, it's only January 4th, but that's a smart booking move right there. Really smart. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to, yeah. Well, you, so while you like, look for that. Sorry, I'm going to comment here. Yeah. Zach, let's also be re for real. They haven't promoted the Cody Roman match. Well, Cody's interacted with Roman once since WrestleMania feels like they were, Hedging their bets a bit for this exact rock scenario. Um, yeah, I mean, you could certainly look at it that way. I think it's more of, you know, there's been no reason for them to interact. Like, they're not on the same show. Roman's not around anyway. Um, you know, once they get to the Royal Rumble and Cody wins it or he gets a shot at Roman some other way, like, you'll get the full core press um, just like just like last year. So, <clears throat> I, I mean, you, you might be right. It may be hedging in which – which is smart to, to hedge that way. You know, if rock's a possibility for whatever scenario, um, it's good to hedge. But also I think it just makes sense um, storyline-wise. Yeah, I mean, you know, wrestling is like comics or anime, right? Like you kind of 
once you interact with the good guy and the bad guy, kind of got to get a resolution within a normal amount of time, right? Yeah. Um, whereas you have to do a bunch of convoluted stuff to get them apart for a period of time. So same same thing with wrestling, right? And yes. I was looking, it looks like 45,000 tickets have been sold for the Elimination Chamber show. I don't know what that stadium holds. That's in a rugby stadium, right? Yes. Um, so it's probably like a 70,000 seater without looking it up. It's in Perth. So a, a very big city. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting too, like that whole thing of like good for business, right? Because like, you know, the Peacock deal, that money is set. The TV deal, that money is set. Mm-hmm. Your live gate stuff, if you like, like WrestleMania, that's set. Now, how many t-shirts you sell, whatever, how many meet and greets you sell, that's all like, not a rounding error, but it kind of is for TKO as a corporation, right? Oh, so yeah. it's like that doing good for business is the, I think a good argument for making sure Cody is a healthy star of your company beyond this moment. And like you laid out, it's a coup. If your quote unquote biggest match you can possibly do is done at elimination chamber, which is historically where, you know, two weeks before fast lane. And it's just like, kind of like, <laughs> oh, well, here's, here's some plexi guys going through plexi <coughs> uh, yes. matches, which is changes just the, expectations as a consumer of the company you know and you have to maintain that which is its own thing but definitely puts it in another stratosphere like every pay-per-view event is ple is just that like it's a premium live event yeah for sure for sure and 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 i think zach you hit the nail on the head here like usually wrestlemania and wrestlemania stories are continuous so as to really make the audience want to see the babyface finally get their win yeah i mean the thing, the thing with with Cody and, and Tyler, let me know where you're at on this. But I mean, I a year is a long time. I mean, even when like Cena and Rock had their like year long build to mm-hmm. to WrestleMania, like you know, to once in a lifetime or twice in a lifetime. To to once in a lifetime. Okay. Like <laughs> that 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 Matt. I mean, like Cena did some huge stuff in between that. Like. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> including the CM Punk match at Money in the Bank. And that whole that whole saga took place, you know, when they were building for The Rock. Like, so it's just such a long time that, like, you can't – like, I think giving – I think Cody going out there talking about finishing his story is enough, like, for now. Like, that keeps him on the trajectory. It ties him to Roman, you know, in a dotted line, you know, nothing – like, nothing official, but it, like – the vision is still there. The goal is still there. And so, and then he pivots from that. He wrestles Brock. He wrestles Dominic. He wrestles, you know, whoever the hell else he's, he's wrestling. Like, like, I think that's okay. Now you can't do that, you know, post Royal Rumble, like post Royal Rumble. It's, it's full on. And really in the lead up to the Royal Rumble, I think we have to start hearing from Cody now, like less about Shinsuke Nakamura, more about winning the Royal Rumble, more about, you know, finishing the story, more about getting that shot. Like, you know, we have to begin to look at that now, but up until really right now, I think, you know, it's been, it's been okay. Yeah. And just think like from a character standpoint, not that my fancy booking is the greatest way to book this because I've not thought it out thoroughly, but if Rock loses to Roman and then Cody beats Roman with, with or without the help of Rock, if he's available, like you are signals to the audience that the Rock is still like a legendary figure, but like Cody is the, you know, like Michael Jordan and whatever, like 
LeBron James in five years and Giannis, right? Like LeBron's probably historically more important, but this guy right now is the best player in the world. And like to have them interact is interesting. So it's a bad analogy, but it tells you like as a regular audience member that you're going to see Cody week in and week out. And he did something the rock could not do in 2024. So, you know, he's, he's quite the guy. (laughs) He's such a guy, such a guy, (laughs) that guy, that Cody guy. Uh, This is going to be interesting folks. It's going to be interesting to watch this. It's going to be interesting to track this out um, and see who's right, who's wrong. And if, uh, the Rock wins the Royal Rumble. You know, my jaw will hit the floor. But um, hey, you know, I'll, I'll certainly watch Monday after, or the mm-hmm. yeah, the Monday after. Um, all right, let's pivot. Let's pivot away from uh, away from the Rock here for a minute, and let's go into let's talk AEW uh, for a second. We'll start with like some of the Chris Jericho uh, mm-hmm. stuff that's happened. <clears throat> if you listen to our um, Brassery Media members only uh, pay-per-view review show for World's End. Uh, we talked about how the reaction to Chris Jericho on Saturday night really, I mean, just devastated that match. I mean, just really, I mean, you know, we can reiterate here a little bit, but you can become a member and, and check the show up. But I mean, the, the negative reaction to him hurt just everything happening, everything happening, everything with Sting, the moments, the spots they created that clearly were there to get a pop didn't because of uh because of Jericho and because of the the rumors and the NDA talk um coming out of mm-hmm. earlier that earlier that morning he wasn't on dynamite um last night which was i think obviously the right the right call given given the circumstances of the reaction to him um it's not necessarily you know indicative of the news that that came out but just you know, if somebody's reacting that way and it just is messing up your whole story, regardless of the reason why, you got to pull back and reset. And and I think at the very least, that's what they did um, with with Jericho here. But uh, the bigger story, obviously, is this idea of him um, forcing uh, women to the company to sign NDAs and having you know rumored to be having inappropriate relationships with them. Um, the I'll just say this you know the reporting has been mixed on that like uh as you know with uh more uh, accusatory than i would like it to be if i were going to write a story about it um i certainly would want more than um than uh the person who broke this had uh but either way you know it's not it's not a good look for jericho it's pretty awful um things that he's being you know accused of accused of accused of doing and uh i think you know tony khan has to give this more um of his attention than he seems to um at this point where are you at yeah i'm i'm there i thought we'd have more information uh at this point yeah which is interesting to me this is not like a defend jericho podcast here so i just want to make that very clear at the top but you and i and if this is true, then that's like 99.9% of my disdain is towards Chris Irvine for, for doing that stuff, right? But as of now, we do have one allusion to who he might have assaulted, right? If if, if I have it wrong, please let me know in the chat or you, Zach. So that's there. Um, you, you didn't say his name. I'll say his name. Nick Hausman. If you're going to say that somebody is the Harvey Weinstein 
of wrestling, like you got to have the facts, like just from like a legal perspective, I would think. Yeah. And you do. Chris, yeah. Chris Jericho is like the most litigious guy. He trademarks every maybe catchphrase he's ever going to have. <laughs> so he can do his own thing. Right. So yes, he totally does. Um, oh, so it's uh, to me, it looks my guess is that there's like, you know, people are close with wrestlers when you break news. Right. And there's like scuttlebutt about this, but nothing that and maybe they're all signed NDAs and whatever. But like there just has to be a better way, because no matter what happens now, unless there are multiple other people that come forward, then obviously it changes immensely. Right. You're not going to have multiple people saying things and it not be true is how I kind of roll with all this sort of stuff. Right. So, but like, unless that does happen now, it's mixed forever. If that person did get victimized, this is now like a talking point of like, well, is it really true? Because the way it was presented, it just kind of hurts the whole field of wrestling journalism as it is, which I am not, I don't think you consider yourself a wrestling journalist either, but definitely not myself. You can, you can define yourself however you want to. You're more buttoned up than I am. You didn't even say his name. So I appreciate that about you, but well, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I definitely do. I mean, I think Wade, okay. you know, was painted paint when when I worked with Wade, like that painted that to have that type of perspective on on what you're covering to treat it that way, whether you consider yourself that or not, or I mean, in the end, it's just a it's a title, but it's more of a to me, it's more of a like uh, a notion of how you cover this yeah. and you know that's why i said at the top like if if i had what nick had you know you're you're not going with that like any like you know look i i know nick <laughs> i get along with him like it's but to me you do need to be more responsible with how you put that how you put that out there i think tracy um in our chat kind of nailed it with this like it's really it is really a bad look for everybody involved um it looks bad for Jericho, of course. It looks bad for the media, of course. And it's just sad that, you know, you you out potential victims by the awfulness of two other entities with uh within this within this story. So that I mean, I think Tracy, like it's important to like drill it down to that because I think ultimately that's that's the issue with this. Like you you can't go with what you went on. You certainly can't out these victims if they don't want it to be out there. And if you're Jericho, like, you know, it's just, it's awful, you know? So I, I, I like the simplicity with, with which Tracy attacked this because it's, it's true. Yeah. And what's the, the alleged main victim who will not name them here. I don't think that means. Yeah, no, like, there's no reason. How, how did that come to pass? Was that mentioned by Hausman as well? Or do people just kind of connect dots and like with the timeline that he said? It was connecting also- dots and like uh, reviewing like liked posts on on, on Twitter. Gotcha. Like it was very, you know, I mean, come on, like the unofficial of unofficial. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's like another reason not like to do this is like whether like you're going to get sued or not by Jericho is one thing, but like, yeah, too. Even if, even if that person, and I'm not saying this happened at all, but like the most compassionate way that you would do this if you're him is if that person asks you to like start news because you want that person outed right but even then that comes back to the other person and gets them involved in a mixed 
gross situation all the way around. And not that yeah. they did anything wrong, but like to then have it be like, oh, I, it's probably this person, but we don't know for sure. It's just like, um, yeah, it's not good for anybody. And even for that person to actually do it, you got to have more. Foresight. You got to have more, right? Exactly. I mean, so, that's what I think. You know, is the hard part about you know journalists in this situation. Whereas, like, you may you may want to go with like something that that you have, but if you don't if you don't have enough, you can't you can't just do it. Like, you can't you can't just do it because you think you have. Like, it just it doesn't. There's one thing I've learned. Like, it's it's that. Like, you can't yeah. just put stuff out there, um, put stuff off there ran- randomly. And it's you know, it's um, it's really it was really a bad. I just thought it was a bad story you know like for one thing you know jericho you know look nothing surprises me in wrestling and and really at all (laughs) anymore as far as this stuff goes i'd have two daughters so it 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 bothers me like you know it bothered me before obviously but the whole perspective on it is is uh is different you know with with that in mind um so it just like gets me like to this position where i'm like dude this is just gross and you're gross and the company is gross for potentially hiding this and you know the media is gross for putting it out there when it's not corroborated and it's just a bad i just really like i thought it was just a bad um just a really bad look and that that you know impacted you know impacted the product in the ring um what did you think of tony khan's response to the question about oh my it God. At, the, at the in the media i, I in thought the media it was I, I did not watch the media presser live i just watched the show so when i saw like the thumbnail of him answering the question i thought someone was like having a joke by posting like oh he must have worn this what in the hell like you know not to this is like where we can be funny for as much as possible like of like the the, the not levity but like what's levity when you don't need it, right? There's got to be a, a word in English got- for that. Of like a serious ass moment where you have to be an adult and you're like wearing Groucho Marx's googly eyes with the big nose and mustache glasses, basically. Like unbelievable. And like if you're Warner Brothers Discovery and like you were like maybe just like, yeah, let me watch and see what's going on here. That question's asked. You've heard about this and he's wearing that outfit and doesn't take it off. I'd be like, no way we're giving this guy any money. I know it's like a kind of a dumb reason, but that's how people operate. Like, would you trust that guy with $500 million over five years to like have a product and not have stuff like this pop up and, and dirty your name? Like, absolutely not. It was like unbelievable. Um, like well, you gotta take it off. You gotta take it off. Like that is like, you know, I, when we did the CM Punk thing, so like him, eat him. Well, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say like Zach here, to be fair, Tony put his hat on him and, that's fine. Take it off. Like you're it they, he, she didn't glue it onto his head. Like yeah. take it off. Take yeah. it off. Go ahead. Like when when Punk is eating the pickles in the in like all that stuff, like while that press conference is happening when he's like going on his tirade, that was like you knew it was over. That's just human interaction, right? And that is Tony like is obviously not comfortable answering this stuff, not comfortable dealing with that stuff, you know. He doesn't fire people, which I think is a pro, like a, a positive in, in in a human to not be like firing people left and right. But like he is just not good at this stuff. And that's why delegation is key. He needs someone else out there that handles stuff like this. And my worry is that someone like Chris Jericho is the one handling this stuff. And right. is the one yeah. perpetrating Seriously. Things, yeah. Allegedly, right? Allegedly. So <laughs> it just yeah. 
it was awful, man. I mean, it really was awful. Like, yeah. um, that's an issue with these press conferences, you know, in general is the, and this, this is not an excuse because it's self-inflicted, but yeah. it's, you know, the issue with these is that it, it floats back and forth, like from storyline stuff with Tony Storm to serious, very serious topics that the media should want to know about. And so, like, if nothing else, I think you have to pick a lane with these things. Either go out there and say, okay, Tony, like, you're not going to ever be on these because you don't want to break your gimmick. I get that. But you're not going to sit here at a press conference. We're going to leave that to Joe and to Tony and, you know, to people who are going to actually talk to the media in a real way. Or, you know, just have it be, like, a part of the the show. Like, kind of like, I mean, WWEs have become obnoxiously like that where it's just like you know we're gonna lob storyline questions at these guys but if that's the if that's the job then okay then then do that this was this was terrible like it showed <coughs> all sorts of I think misses like a miss in terms of being prepared for the question like this was all over social media and the news all day in the lead up to the show all day Tony Khan loves social media. He knew this was going on. You have to be prepared to answer this question if you're going to do a press conference for the love of God. Like that is a tremendous like failure on his part. Number two, you know, the, the delivery of the answer in, in and of itself, like what the heck was that? You passed it off to the disciplinary committee that's headed up by Brian Danielson. Like, this is not like some person who complained about their booking on social media. This is like sexual assault allegations. You have to get involved, HR, the police, perhaps. Like this is more serious than oh, we'll just we'll let our disciplinary committee handle it. Like so, it was a bad answer to Booth. And then he looked like you know an an, an absolute clown, like just an absolute clown. That um, and I would put that at best. That's what he looked like. And at worst, he looked like somebody who just did not care that uh, that these things were, you know, that people in his company were accused of this kind of awful, awful behavior. And and to me, like, that's that's the worst part about all this. Like, yeah, he looked like a clown, whatever you can you can, you know, dance around that. But on that question, on that day, after the match gets blown up by this, like. You he you know he looked like he couldn't have you know couldn't have cared less. It's awful, yep. awful, awful. And um, also, if any of it's true, you would certainly think Tony Cotton would know about it. So to well, surprised, or if he doesn't know about it, it did happen. That's just as bad, I guess. I guess I don't know which one's worse. They're both bad to know about this or or not know about this if this did happen. So to like delegate to a committee, you know, it's just somebody who you know, likes the, the, he likes the idea. He likes booking. He likes being on at gorilla. He doesn't like the real aspects of the job. And that's been clear since day one. And um, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's a lot of issues with AEW. And yeah. like, honestly, like, I don't know who's up. If you're Drew, if you're Drew McIntyre right now, and let, let's say you're mulling over a decision, if you're going to take some time off and come back, if you're Mercedes Monet, you see that and you're like, well, I got, I got to be there. I got to, I got to work for this guy for three years. Like, I don't <laughs> no. know, man, like that, 
like if the money is like somewhat close, even even if WWE's offering me like a hundred thousand dollars less a year, let's say I don't, it's it's a one point four instead of one point five, I'd be like, I'll take the one point four. I'm not working with this guy. Yeah. He looks like a joke. Yeah. And I would say that, like, if I'm on his staff, like, you kind of got to say that if you're, I mean, obviously you don't want to lose your job, but like, I don't know who he trusts, but you're like, yeah, I'd be like, dude, Tony, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, on the, in the, in the, um, during the scrum, they had the, uh, the PR guy go over there, like, while they were talking and like lean yeah. in on him and go, hey, take off, take off this, yeah. this silly thing. Um, yeah. so, uh, Zach, I want to get to this. Uh, wait, why is the disciplinary committee a bad idea? Puts the hands, puts it in the hands of a body independent from Tony himself. The the disciplinary committee is not a bad idea. Number one, we don't know. Nobody knows what the hell it is. I mean, this is a major, all about to be a billion dollar company. Like disciplinary committee doesn't cut it. Like you have to have like processes, like actual legal processes, not okay. We'll take it to wrestlers court, you know, and Brian Danielson <laughs> will handle it there. Like it's like again, disciplinary committee, it's fine for things like Britt Baker going off on Twitter or you know, Jungle Boy wants to be put through a car windshield and nobody else wants it to. Okay, well, and and he, you know, he did it anyway. All right, okay, fine. Maybe you don't need Tony Khan for that. But this this is a serious, potentially criminal issue that has its roots at the top of your organization. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry, but disciplinary, no disciplinary committee, Tony has to be in that. He it can't be independent from him in in this instance. Not I I I just don't I just don't buy that. Sorry, Zach. Yeah, and I if you want to make the counter argument on it being a good thing, like I need to know what it is and who these people are and what they do and some of the verdicts that they reach and how they get to that point. And is there a handbook that people can like, you know, that's boring reporting, but like, what do I think? This is what I think, right? This is an allegation. I think what you laid out there, Zach, is what the wrestlers committee, the, the discipline committee, it's Brian Danielson. It's um, Christopher Daniels. It would have been QT Marshall. It's like that group of like backstage people being like, Hey, for the things you laid out, totally fine, right? Hey, no tweeting about this. Hey, Matt Hardy, stop searching your name and yelling at everyone that says something negative about you. Um, all that sort of stuff, right? But this is different. Like, And I don't know what jobs you've had in the past, Zach, but I've worked a job where I was responsible for a lot of employees. Things similar to this had been alleged, and you have to do a certain set of protocols as the leader of – hundreds of people mm -hmm. pretty quickly or else your ass gets fired for not handling things the correct way. And if I acted at all like Tony Khan has, if this did happen, then I would have been let go from that corporation. And just cause I own it doesn't mean that I should be treated any differently, but yeah. yeah. Also like the, the legal, sorry, the legal, you're, when your head legal person also is like involved in the brawl out and didn't seem to be a, Anyway, I don't trust Tony Khan's team either, but that's just another thing. You can go to Tracy's comments. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Tracy. She makes a really good point. All of us pesky men here talking about this. Tracy goes, not to be that person, but lots of men with lots of opinions on how this should be handled when no female victim has come out publicly to say what they would like to see happen. We have no idea. 
I'm glad Tracy bottom line that because look, I think it's a it's a it's a new story. Um, it's you know involves top talent in AEW. Um, so in that regard, you know it's important to touch on and not let it just go away because that's what Tony kind of wanted to do. Um, but I think Tracy's right. Like you know ultimately, like if the victims don't want this out, we're not going to get any more information. We don't, and we don't have any idea. And so like, you know, I'm glad in a way, like I'm glad um, after hearing, and and again, Tracy, thanks for for bottom lining that for, for everybody here. Um, It's good that like nothing else really came out. If, if this person or those people uh, don't want it to come out. I mean, that's, that is something that, that the, the process and everybody involved have to absolutely respect. So um, Tracy, thanks for uh, humbling all of us with that. Okay. Let's pivot to other AEW stuff. Last night on Dynamite, we had the world's end, uh, I guess, fallout show. If you want to call it that world's beginning. Well, yes. The AEW worlds are beginning, Um, man. So I, I took some flack yesterday on social media. I did not, I didn't think this was a very good show. I didn't, I didn't think that it was a, um, I mean, look, it had the, it had the stuff that, um, it had the stuff that makes AW like fun to watch on a regular basis. Good matches without context. They were there. They happened. It, they were fine. They were fun to watch, but the stuff that I think they really needed to hit home runs on, they didn't like it. We'll start with the devil. Um, the devil uh, uh, follow-up. So Adam Cole reveals himself as the devil. He comes out and uh, with the original music, which I was like, oh God, please, like no. And then, <laughs> and then of course, uh, thankfully, <coughs> they changed up the music um, and he walks out with his group, the Undisputed Kingdom, um, and they walk to the ring. Roderick Strong still does his Adam thing because it's the only thing that's that 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 can get him over in 2023. And then Adam Cole cuts, cuts, a pro, cuts the promo and he cuts a promo about on MJF. He cuts a promo on uh, forming the group on why they're there. Um, and, you know, pretty much sets up kind of like what that group's going to be doing. The, 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 and look, I think Cole did a nice job with the delivery. I thought he, you know, he, he shredded like his baby face, baby shtick. Like he didn't do the, the little pose thing in the rain that he does, like the call to action at the top, the boom was was not there in a babyface way. So that was all very positive. And I like like look like I was not fully convinced that he would that he would treat <laughs> it that way. Yeah. So like that's a big it's a big thing. Um, but man, when you get down to the brass tacks of what he said, though, I just thought it was I just thought it was weak. Like I thought it was just him like just kind of limping along like, okay, here's Wardlow and he's going to go after the world title and then he's going to give it to me. Like, like, I don't know. Like that did nothing for me. Um, Roderick Strong going after the international title. Okay. Like, does that, is that something that's going to like, does that, is that fitting of a guy in a stable like this? And, you know, um, we've got a, well, at least one Matt Taven uh, and the kingdom fan in the chat right now, but to be frank, you know, Taven and Bennett, like they've been carrying around a pet giraffe for the last for the last four months, and are not presented at all as like serious wrestlers or serious talents or you know anything of the of the like. 
And nothing in that promo like told me outright that this stable, this new faction is in for like really, really big things. Like it was just kind of a paint by numbers. Hey, we're here and I'm going to destroy MJF and he's gone. And you know, that's, that's that. And I, I just thought that, you know, they checked the boxes in the absolutely weakest way possible and gave, and gave really no significant, um, input or direction to, to the audience that tells them like hey this is where we're going this is this is this is what we're doing so i i was just disappointed uh, by that i thought they needed like a punch you in the mouth promo or a punch you in the mouth angle that really set a better tone for them as a as a as a group yeah and this is why booking is important right because they did all this to give samoa joe the the championship which did kind of half accomplished their mission, right, of, of destroying MJF, even though they didn't, they didn't do anything to actually implement that in the match itself, um, which is important to, like, lay out a group and how devastating they are. And also, Adam Cole is still hurt, and that is, like, I know you had to kind of pull the trigger here because MJF was leaving for a time, but it, it certainly doesn't help that the group doesn't have any teeth from a main event level at this moment, yeah. right? And, like, if you're going to lay out this mission statement, like I think you go classic AEW and you have Orange Cassidy take on somebody. These guys come out without music, destroy everybody in the ring. And some, yeah. you know, whether you, whether you get a match to go or not, but like Roddy hits like 17 finishers on Cassidy and absolutely destroys him. And he does like a stretcher job. He's like, yeah, that's what we're going to do when Roddy's got a championship opportunity against you in two weeks at whatever, right? There's like other ways to do the same mission statement that gives you some teeth as a group um, as opposed to this, which is like kind of the concern I've had with Cole and everyone in this group too since they've come to AEW is like there's just something missing. And I think that happened again last night too. Like this is what like you or I would do right? Like it's people that watch a lot of wrestling. If you're like, Hey, Zach and Tyler, write a promo for this group. We like start with this as like an outline and then you get some input from the wrestlers and you hope they would like zhuzh it up and put it in their, in their own image and stuff. And just seems like, Hey, yes. we're out here. This guy's this guy in the group. This, these guys are these guys in the group. We're going to tell them what we're going to do and we're going to go out and do it. It's like, does it work on paper? Yes. Does it work like in a video package later? Yes. But it didn't like, pop in the moment and that's for a lot of reasons and also Wardlow's there so that's something but um because you know he didn't have anything to do he seems exactly the same as he's been Man, like you know he's what, got though, hair like, i guess so. real quick about Wardlow, like <laughs> i don't know man like he looked like a goof out there to me like <laughs> well, the hair doesn't help i think that's why I mean, he didn't the, yeah the hair <laughs> doesn't help the the fact that like he's you know i mean he has to kind of be a background player but he really like it, he easily falls in right into place with Bennett, Taven, and Roddy, and that's not like a that's not a compliment. Like he's like they are low level guys, and he doesn't seem like out of place or like he's out kicking his coverage like when he's with that group either. So I don't know. I thought he looked really dopey out there. Yeah, I, I, and that's like another reason. And this was on the page but you know, free here now. It's been a couple of days, but like if Cole would. You know, I'm not out on this completely for the end of time. I don't think you are either, Zach. We're just talking about one promo. 
you know, Cole wrestling and like being a, a heel and, and working heel in the ring. I'm excited to see what happens and how that goes. But, you know, if he trades out these guys for better versions of themselves and like stabs all of his friends in the back, starting with MJF, like there's a lot of uh, potential there of Cole being just literally the devil. Because like the real devil would screw over all these other guys that we're talking about. I don't think they're going to go that route, but like, God, it'd be so awesome if he just like was a total POS and ruined every relationship and him and Brent even had issues on, on screen. It would be yeah. 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 I mean, I, yeah, I like what you said there. I mean, it's not like, so I want to go to Zach's comment here. It's, Zach goes, so we want people to lay out mission statements and then complain when they actually do. Oh, Evay. No, it's like, you, like you, it's good that they had the time. I mean, but like, I don't know, Zach, like that's like the ultimate, like low bar to clear. Like, you don't get a positive grade just for having the time. You have to do something with it. Um, and I just don't think they did here. But yes, they did like on paper, check box, check box, check box. But to me, the the presentation of this group was was very weak. For example, I it would have been better and stronger for the whole group if Adam Cole would have went out there and said, look. Roddy's going after the international title. I got two tag team warriors right here. And Wardlow is going to make sure nobody, you know, nobody messes around with us. Meanwhile, Samoa Joe, your time is ticking on that, on that world title because I'm, because I'm coming. You have to, you can't like, if, if, if you're running, rolling with a guy like Wardlow, who's going to win the world title and then just hand it over to, to Adam Cole, like, like, I mean, you're not, you don't have like this like badass dude behind you. You have like a like a weak Luchasaurus type guy. Yeah. Like it's like that is not you know a a strong way to present the group. Yes, does it check a box? Like okay, somebody's going after the world title. Okay, sure, but you have to like think about it in the terms of like the context of the whole picture. Like does this benefit the group? And I I I just don't think. Well, it certainly. Did. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm I'm done. I'm just saying, like when Wardlow when Wardlow loses to Joe too, like that's not helping the group. And right, right. like uh, <laughs> like none of these guys are gonna be protected, right? Like, no. if you if you commit to Taven and Bennett, and they they, you know, you've already gotten rid of the ROH World Title, so next step is you combine the ROH Tag Titles with the AEW Tag Titles, and you have that match, and they win, and Roddy wins the International Title. And Cole eventually beats Joe, and they have all the gold, right? That's how the Undisputed Era worked. And, mm-hmm. like, also, right. to use the same name, it just shows, like, a lack of creativity. And I know we're, like, totally dunking on, on this, but we've been dunking on this for a long time. Right. And there's been nothing to give us, like, to switch us out of it. Because you and I will switch. Like, oh, if you yeah. go a year ago on something, like, we are destroying WWE, like, every step of the way for bad booking. And all that sort of stuff. And AEW is like, can do no wrong, all that stuff. So I hated I the just, Judgment Day for a long, yeah. long time. Well, like, imagine the bloodline if you introduce Solo Sokoa and he's just like losing all the time. Right, right. Or, or right. the Usos are the Usos and they never win anything and they never were tag team champions for a year or however long it was. Like, all that is important to the group being like a sum. More than more than a sum of its parts. There you go. I was trying to think of that that term, and that's what this group needs to be, especially when your leader is not wrestling, and it is the yeah. opposite of that. 
is a bunch of lower mid-card guys who you've seen. If you've watched only Dynamite and Collision, let's say since 20, I don't know, May of 2022, how many minutes have you watched everyone that's not named Adam Cole wrestle? Like, oh. I mean, we're talking like it's under an hour. For of, sure. No question. And it's like, and then you're trying to present them as this group you really got to look out for. When Big Bill has out has worked more on TV than all of those guys combined. That is a huge problem. Yeah. And when you did see them, they were doing goofy, goofy nonsense. Not so much yeah. Wardlow, but the other yeah. two. Well, I was just saying wrestling, not, not goofy right. nonsense. Even like, not even TV time, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what did you make of of the uh, how they worded MJF's absence? Because I I was really trying to like read into how they talked about him, and I mean they were like you know it was interesting. I and, I, and I'll be frank, like I haven't fully like kind of come to a come to a opinion on what you know on what it really meant. And I think ultimately I'm going to land on it just it didn't really mean anything. Like they're they're he's going to be gone for a long long time. And I, yeah. and I just I don't think that there's anything to read into it other than that. I think he'll be back. But do you remember like you know uh, coming out of WrestleMania 17 when Steve Austin turned heel right on The Rock? Everyone's the favorite. next night on Raw, he just destroys him in the cage, and then The Rock goes away. Like, and I think people forget that 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 happened with that angle because yes, Steve Austin as a heel was never really uh, never a good idea. But who knows what it would have been like if you actually had the proper top-tier babyface for him to play off of and work with coming out of that because he dropped down to, like, Kane and Undertaker and whatever. Yeah. Um, the same type of thing has happened here where it's like you lose the key protagonist in all of this, and now it, and even it's even worse in AEW because you have to drop so far down to the level of, you know, of orange Cassidy, you know, to, to kind of keep this thing going. That's a, that's a problem. But based on how they talked about MJF, like I don't expect him back imminently, like they're not even close. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to get work there for a second when you were laying that out, that like maybe you bought the, him being taken off the website no. and uh, all that stuff. So I was, I was looking forward to you getting work that hard. So um, yeah, no, I think he's getting surgery. Yeah. And he's going to be gone for a while. He's going to be gone for nine months plus, whatever. So, and that is good to A, say that to the audience as much as you can, that don't expect him for a long time. So much so that you're going to kind of not forget about MJF. But when he does come back, it's going to be huge, right? And it's going to re solidify him as that baby face. And, you know, my pushback to you on there not being a good baby face foil for Adam Cole when he's healthy is accurate in the, the universe of current book, like the way the characters are laid out currently, but there's certainly a undisputable, no pun intended baby face that was on this show. And I don't know if we're going to save it for the members show. They're just not aligned in that way. And you can all guess who I'm talking about, but you get to that point. I think that can hold you over big time with the introduction of Will Ospreay, depending how you align him. You can get a lot of really good babyface stuff for a devil character in Adam Cole. But they have to do the work to do it. So we'll see if they do. Yeah, well, for sure. And they have to pivot. But but the other – I mean, I don't know, man. Like, the issue with that, though, is, like, if you put Swerve on that, I'm assuming that's who you're talking about. Yeah. And if you put him on that, 
if you put him on that trajectory, that he's going to be the guy that takes down the uh, the devil, takes down Adam Cole. Um, like you, you kind of like lose all steam when MJF comes back. Like you kind of have to like. To me, like I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't know that Swerve is like the right guy because he's gonna have to get beat, like to make to to tie the whole story with MJF together. Like, I mean, could you, can you have it go both ways? Sure, like you could have like MJF and, and Swerve trade some wins or whatever and go back. But to me, like if I if I was booking this, like I would either just take MJF out of it at this point and Swerve's gonna be the guy and you're gonna make that change and go with that, or you got to hold and wait for MJF to come back. But to me, like, I think you need to build these guys like so strong, especially Adam Cole, so that when he that so when he does get beat, whether it's MJF or or Swerve or whoever, like it's a it's a thing, like it's a moment. And I, I don't know that you can capture that twice. That'd be my that'd be my concern. Yeah. Well, I'd go with option one of your options because <coughs> yeah, you know MJF back right now is we're talking like full gear at the earliest. Yeah, I and know. Like, are you say are you saving stuff for full gear, or are you really just being like, hey, we'll do this at the next all in, and like you versus Cole at the third all in, you guys main event the first one, you can ratchet it back up. Like yeah. AEW is, even if they do do the match, let's be honest with ourselves here, they're going to do it two, they're going to start the story two weeks before the pay per view happens, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Like, uh, you know, if I had some some instinct that this long grand story is going to be told, then I would side with, well, yeah, you hold off and don't, but like, you got to move stuff forward. You got to not do what you've done the last year. That is one of the couple of problems of like, Hey, we had this story and it's hard for me. I'm so structured in what I think should happen. That's impossible for to pivot when people come out of the equation, right? Like you need to just decide, Hey, these, these guys, I got like, it's so easy in the coming months to have three, four, five, six guys super over um, and just go with and tell good stories in the way that you tell them because you'll be different than WWE. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you'll tell some microwave stories, which is fine. You'll have some epic matches. You're going to have the best match of the year in AW this year. I know it already with this, the, the talent in there. Um, but yeah, just... Sorry, I'm ranting, but no, it makes a lot of sense, man. I mean, you make you make good points. I think this has hurt things too with MJF, as, as Tracy said. Good point, Tracy. The two competing stories, I and mean, he's gone because you beat him up, and that he's gone because his contract is up, isn't helpful. Didn't I didn't think of that. That but it's true. Like, why take his name off the website? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, or if you're gonna do it's that, so like silly. bring it up. I mean, it's it's trying to do the Meta narrative, but like then you gotta leak something to to somebody and have them you need to have one person out there reporting, oh yeah, I think MJ is actually gone, you know. And then you have one person say, Oh, I don't think he is. Like if you're gonna do the story, do it if you're AEW, but yeah, but like (laughs) but really like just uh, to me, just don't don't do it. Like yes, of course don't do it, but you're doing it. So like you might as well go all in if you're gonna take him off the (laughs) do it better, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see, man. Like, I, you know, I was, I was, I thought we would get more of them. I thought we'd get, you know, another segment or two from from the group. Like, it was just this promo, and then they were gone. Like, it was really, yeah. I mean, I it's just not, just not the structure, right? Like, how often have we seen 
I think we always comment on when it happens, right? Like when yeah, MJF yeah. for a period of time there was like in two or three segments. The first time Swerve was, he had a match and then he had a segment. I was like, yes. oh man, that's like the rocket ship in AEW to be yeah. on the screen for two times for anybody. Even if Jericho's on TV, right? Like, if, minus commentating, like he's not in two segments. He's not backstage and in the ring. It's one or right. the other. Yeah. So that's just how it's structured. And it just like, you know, goes to form, which is good to break up your form from time to time. Right, especially like on something so big like this. Like, I don't think you yeah. have to do it every week, but yeah, or have your world champion on the TV too would be good. <laughs> yes, yeah, or that. We're going to talk about Samoa Joe on the member side, uh, member show here in a minute. Um, we'll wrap up the free show there. Thank you all for uh, contributing to the show. Really good conversation. Um, I always trust that we can um, tackle, you know, the 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 tougher stories um, like we did with Jericho with this group on the show and with, with our audience. And that's a really great place to be, to know that we can tackle that respectfully and uh, you know, and, and appropriately. And so appreciate you guys for that. Uh, thank you to Zach. Thanks to Adam. Thanks to Tracy, Ryan, um, and Dr. Ross tuned in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, once again, if you are unable to catch us live here and uh, you want to take us with you, you can, Grab us as a podcast. We will be uh, on podcast feeds here shortly with the show. We run it simulcast um, soon after we're off the air. Um, but really, if you want more content from us and more uh, wrestling discussion and wrestling analysis done this way, um, head over to Patreon and become a Brass Ring Media member. It's only $4 a month. That's it. Um, we will do all we can to make sure you get the value um, that you put in. Um, and we certainly appreciate the support and uh, you guys trying us out. Until next time, we'll catch you guys later. See you.